talking today, um, when I prayed, I like to pray, um, well, y'all may not know, but Jeff, um, Kevin, me, whoever's speaking, spends a lot of time praying about what we're going to talk about. We take it seriously, you know, and you want to sometimes come up with really deep things to say to impress people or something. And sometimes God's like, pray, why don't you speak about Thanksgiving? I'm like, oh, man, that's like really cheesy almost, you know. And then he started saying things to me, well, whatever, you know. I'm thinking I'm all deep, and I'm not. So I pr- when I prayed, I felt like God gave me this one slide, so I spent several hours making it. Andy, you'll see there's one slide in there that I want to show you guys. This, was this, this is like for the message, this is the slide. Um, he's going to find it back. So that was, this is the, the slide I made for this message. And what I felt like God was saying to me, and what we need to talk about, and what we need to get kind of to be second nature, second nature meaning the kind of thing that just happens when we're existing, when we're around, when we're living, is that we would be grateful people. And I felt like God was showing me this was a big piece of it. And um, we're going to talk today about Thanksgiving. And like I said, Thanksgiving is a tradition in America, you know, and it really, uh, it's about giving thanks to God. It's not like we remember the pilgrims thing. Yes, they did have a Thanksgiving-like event and it did happen, but really what they were doing was continuing the kind of thing they did, which was give God thanks and have these Thanksgiving celebrations. And this was just the first one they did in America. And then presidents were like, hey, we should maybe do that. And then when you really find the first time it actually became a federal holiday was Abraham Lincoln. Like other presidents had made proclamations of Thanksgiving and stuff like that, which is cool and nice. But then Abraham Lincoln thought, you know, this actually should be a holiday. And he's the one who started that. And he started it during the Civil War. And just before that, Abraham Lincoln had described his own life as, I mean, he'd been elected president, which is cool, but literally as he's taking office, the country rips in half and people are killing each other, which is not cool. He's in charge of trying to fix all of this. He loses a son to a a disease. His wife is starting to go crazy, you know, and nobody around him trusts him. Even his political allies think he's crazy. People are trying to, it's, he's having a hard, he described his own life as if there's a place worse than hell, I think I found it. And he's the guy who decided that it's time that we should have this thanksgiving to God. And if you read the proclamation they wrote about it, it's pretty profound, you know. It is absolutely not like, let's remember this time when the pilgrims ate together. You know, it's nothing like that. It's saying we should be thankful to God for what he's given us. Basically what I'm saying today. And it's kind of like the sort of thing where we all go, well, duh, I know that, you know. So when I was praying about it, I felt like God was saying um, this need. And this isn't a guilt trip. I started writing a guilt trip message for us all. We use the word need all the time. It's really easy, guys. When we live in America, I could write, like, you could just Google, just Google the average lifestyle or income of a human being on the world today. It's not, I mean, you could spend about 15 seconds doing that. Kids, go home and, with your parents' permission, search, like, average childhood or average, like, do it with your parents. Find out what kids have in the world. It, it's pretty convicting that we complain at all, but I decided to skip most of that because we do need things. You find the word need in the Bible, Psalm 23, which depending on the translation you read, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need or shall not want. There are things that we need in Philippians 4, 6, says literally this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, present your request to God. Did anyone notice what I left out? With thanksgiving. This is built into the, our interactions with God. We're supposed to request things 
to him, but with thanksgiving. So how do we do this is what we're going to be talking about. And I'm moving very quickly. I know. I'm sorry. The pace is high. The focus. Focus is what we're going to talk about. What I felt like God was showing me with this slide of need is that our culture, and we are taught by our culture to focus on need, to focus on what we don't have, to focus on things that we don't even actually need. We just think we need. Even the whole way the advertising the whole advertising world works is they manufacture need because after the industrial revolution they could make more stuff than there was people that needed it so they had to make more need so that you would buy it i mean you can study this stuff it's like they did that consciously and intentionally we can make people need more stuff so then they will buy more stuff and then we will have more stuff to sell them this is how it works i'm not saying it's categorically evil i'm just saying it's kind of soul destroying and so <laughs> over time over time there may be, a, there may be a, a small amount of good in there, but it's mostly not good. Because it promotes, and, and, and the type of thing that social media does is a maybe slightly less, or like it's sneaky, all right? So like now you're not just needing an iPhone, which you don't need. You can't need an iPhone. I'm not going to go ahead and say that. There are things you need, but you can't need that, okay? Now... <laughs> as Jason's you writing that note okay Jason's writing that note on his iPhone you know I have one too it's not you know but I'm just saying when you're trying to say to your parents you need one you can't need that um, but in Christmas lists these all it all adds up and in the social media like I was saying now you just need to feel a certain way or be like this person or something way weirder than just I need a shirt you know there's it's like it becomes this constant focus of who we are not, what we don't have, and what we can't be, and this whole soul-destroying thing that I'm talking about. That's not how Christians are supposed to live. And it promotes, 1 John 2, 15 and 16 talks about what they like paraphrase, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. This is, what this, this is the world we live in. You want, you want, you want, you want, you want, but we're calling it need, and it isn't. And the human default, I believe, is ungratefulness. Because I think that most of us were like, oh, I'm grateful. And I don't, I, I think that, I, I read something that Ann Voskamp said, it's like, I don't actually know if she said this, she said something like this, so this is either a kind of a quote from her or it's my version of it, which I like, think if you're generally grateful, you generally aren't. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm grateful, just in general, you probably aren't, okay? So, if you're generally grateful, you generally aren't. She either said that or I'm saying that based on what I read that she wrote, so, sounds good either way, maybe I'll say I said it, but... Would you see at the fall of man, God has created a perfect paradise with perfection, with per perfect everything. This is good, he says. And then you have this event called the fall. We call it the fall, where I believe the, a big core of that is ungratefulness. You know, you've given me everything, but I think I want some more. Maybe I want to be like you, God. You know, that's what Satan says. You'll be like God. You know, the one thing you don't have, you know. And this is the same trigger in our mind. And it's awakened. It's it's cultivated it's fueled all day all the time okay um and i think you have to be really aware ungratefulness is sneaky because i think even things like worry and hurry are forms of ungratefulness it deep down in there somewhere you know you can be in a hurry for other reasons probably but most of the things we say i'm hurried or i'm stressed if you get down to the very very basic core of it a lot of it is actually ungratefulness because we're trying to do something we don't, you know, uh, you know, we do get worried about actual problems. I'm not saying we don't. But I'm saying that well, a lot of our lives are plagued by false versions of worry, which is in, at its core an ungratefulness. 
I found, you know, Psalm 100 is a famous psalm. Famous, I mean, the whole Bible is famous, but I mean, famous in like we quote it a lot. And uh, I'm just going to read it, and then we're going to talk about it for a second. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. It is he who made us, and, he, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This, this, this is this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I don't think that like when you're standing at the gates, God's gates, the, you know, that the ticket in is thanksgiving. Okay. Like, show me the thanksgiving. All right, check. Move in. I don't think you should think about it that way. I think it's a description of people that are in communion with God. So if you're not full of thanksgiving, you might not be right now. You see what I'm saying? I don't want to get all judgy. But I'm just saying, for real, I think it's a description of what we're supposed to be like if we know God. Us, of all people. I mean, I think Americans in general, like our holiday, I like the fact that thanksgiving includes everyone. If you follow what I mean, as a holiday, it's kind of nice to have a national holiday but I think at its core, it's Christian, and we can even invite people into that. that but we should be the most thankful people of everyone. Um, and so I put thankfulness is, an, is essential to Christian life. And if we only look at our immediate circumstances for reasons to be thankful, we will often be frustrated. Okay? Because we do go through bad things. God, God promises that will happen. So it's not just about reacting to what we have. That's what the guilt message falls short. Because I could make you pretty easily feel really guilty about how much you complain about everything in your life when it comes to, like, your house, your lifestyle, your money, and all that. I mean, like, it, like I said, it takes about 30 seconds Googling that to realize, oh, wow, like, most adults don't have shoes and things like that. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, we have so much and we complain so much. It's pretty crazy. But... If we only do that, then it starts to still build on top of, it's like, I'm only going to thank God because I have all this stuff. And then when it all goes away, then you're like, well, I'm not going to be thankful anymore because it, it, we're not building it like that. Thankfulness, the kind of thankfulness that we should have towards God is, is much deeper. And especially as, I think as human beings, we have plenty to be thankful for. But as believers who have come to know the good news of Jesus, if you want to look at the immediate circumstances of your life for reasons to be thankful, you will often be frustrated. But if you simply look to the cross... And what Jesus offered, that's the source of our thankfulness. It's eternal. It's, it, I mean, it, we don't need to, you know. So here's the thing. What do we do? You're like, I get it, Brian. Okay, I'm not so thankful. You're not either. I get it. You know, I'm not. I struggle with this. We all struggle with this. And I, I like when God just, you know, like we pray last week for people's backs to be healed. It's like super awesome when it's like, whoa, my back is so much better. That does happen. And sometimes it doesn't, and I don't understand, you know, there's plenty, to, that's another message, but when I, I wish I could say, let's have an altar call, and if you feel ungrateful, let's repent, and then God is going to touch you, and you will suddenly be full of gratefulness, and, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think that always happens. There are stories, like in the Bible, Jesus heals ten lepers that are just stuck outside of a city. They're like, can you heal us, and, or can you, I think they ask for money. He's like, nah, go be well. Go present yourself to the priest. They get healed, but only one of them comes back to thank him. 
you know, and Jesus is like, wait, didn't I heal 10 of you guys? You know, and so sometimes there are things that God does in our lives that are miracles or just encounters with other people. Or, you know, there are moments that are like kind of like your back being just healed in that moment. There are moments like that where you feel overwhelmed by thankfulness. But in general, this general thankfulness that I'm talking about that we should, you know, a lifestyle, of, it requires, it's more like a muscle that you have to work out every day. You have, and the way you do it is you have to start practicing being aware of God's glory and what, and I'm talking to everyone. It doesn't matter how old you are. You might think this is for old people. I'm just a kid. No, I'm talking to you. And you might also be thinking this sounds so simple. It's for kids. I'm much deeper and beyond this. And I'm saying to you, no, you're not. <laughs> because if you're really deep, you would believe me and say he's right. But the thing is this. We have to practice l- specifically thanking God for what we're specifically thankful for. And this is also not very hard, you know, um, even if you're in the midst of extremely difficult circumstances. Like I said, our starting place is the cross of Jesus and what he's done for us, the gift he's given of his life to us. This is God we're talking about. That's the starting place. But then you can also be thankful for, my gosh, I'm thankful. You can be thankful for, like, I'm thankful I have an iPhone. It allows me to communicate with my family who doesn't live in Jacksonville like I do. I'm thankful for FaceTime. That's great. I mean, those are silly. But, you know, you can get really deep. And the specificity with which things you can be thankful. I'm not talking about, you don't need to share this with anyone in the sense of the deep places. I'm saying you should be in time praying. Like, you know, God, like that verse says, with thanksgiving, bring your prayers and and petitions to, or prayers and requests to God or whatever. You know, that in your quiet time with God, the thanksgiving that we have can be extremely intimate. I think it should be. If you just try to think of like, well, God, I'm really thankful for air, which is good to be thankful for. You know what I'm saying? And if you're a nerd, you're like, I'm really thankful for the angle of the earth that it rotates so that we can have seasons and not all die. And like, you can be thankful for all that stuff. That's great. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, we are all thankful for that, whether you realize it or not. But what I'm talking about is don't try to impress God with the things you're thankful for. I'm thankful for really silly things that probably if I started listing them, you would go, that's really dumb. You know, but God knows I'm thankful for it. And by practicing this and listing it and listing it and listing it, either literally like on the sheet that I've given you or in your mind or as you just talk to God, thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for silly things. There's been moments in my life. I'll share one, because I know there's people like Greg and James Downey here that are (laughs) doubtful. (laughs) There are those of us here that collect shark's teeth on the beach. And what? Shark's teeth. Teeth, Sharks have teeth, they fall out, and then they're on the beach. And then we find them. Some of us are good at it, like me. Some of us want to be good at it. Some of us are very well researched, like James, and he knows special places to go. But anyway, long story short is there's been moments in my life, there is a specific moment where God spoke to me through me finding a shark's tooth. And it's not like I'm going, like, God, please let me find a shark's tooth because then that will mean that you are touching my life. And, which I'm not even saying that's necessarily bad, but I'm talking about the intimacy. that I'm, I'm just being honest here, all right? I wasn't expecting it, and the Lord really showed me and spoke to me a lot through this shark's tooth I found once. And that's silly. Does that matter? That doesn't matter at all. But somehow, because of God interacting with something that doesn't matter, it starts to matter. Okay? That's how God works. So I don't want to waste it. We've we got to really, really hurry. So here's what we're going to do. You have homework, 
And it's just to start practicing being thankful. I'm going to sing a song right now because I like, it's a paraphrase of um, Psalm, I didn't write it down, Psalm 50. And I like the way they did it. So I'm going to play it. But we are going to have our Thanksgiving here before you go home and have Thanksgiving with your family. And a lot of times we sit around the table with people we don't like so much. Which is the same here, probably. <laughs> That's the whole point. You're not supposed to, like, really, you know. This is a place where those of us that don't always like each other can come together, and then, you know. And so we are going to come and be thankful. See, the thing is, when Jeff comes up and he's going to do the whole communion thing, and he says, Jeff, or he says, Jesus took the bread and gave thanks for it. It's just so central to everything. If you just start looking for it, it's everywhere. But I want us to practice this because there's an attitude with which we should come to this table, our table, the Lord's table. As we come with thanksgiving, we're grateful and thankful for what is it. You need to practice this in your brain because in a few days when you're about to go, you know, like some of you when I'm saying this, you're thinking of that really annoying Make America, make America Great Again uncle person that just won't shut up about how the impeachment hearing is completely BS, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I can't stand that guy. Some of you are thinking about him. And then some of the other people are like, my crazy liberal nephew who won't shut up about being a vegan and making everybody not eat a turkey. You know. <laughs> All of these people are welcome. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And you have to prepare your heart to accept them in love and thanksgiving. So I'm not trying to draw lines. You know, if that flared up anything in you, you might need to. <laughs> you have a few days to get ready. So I'm going to invite Jeff to come up and get serious again or maybe not. So. We're going to have communion together with Thanksgiving while I sing a song. So we're really not in that big a hurry. (laughs) Um, So I'm not going to preach on top of Brian's message, but I I just want to say that this is such a central key component of our life before the Lord. For me, so much so in ministry that when I come in here each week and pray in this sanctuary, in this place for the for each week as we're getting ready to gather, the the picture the Lord gave me from the beginning of my ministry and carries with me every week still to this day is every week a Thanksgiving table. That this is like a place of Thanksgiving that we come together and we gather around together and we give thanks to the Lord for what He's doing in our lives outside of this place. I took a picture when Brian was standing up here, and it's what I would call a pregnant picture. It's full. It has all kinds of things in it. It's, it had the word need in the background, you know, talking, you know, I think such a key word or need for Thanksgiving. And it showed the cross, you know, and, and, and how our Thanksgiving's grounded in that. And it had, you know, Brian standing here declaring, but it also had this meal. And, you know, we know this meal by many names, and one of the names by which we call it is the Eucharist, which literally means thanksgiving or to be grateful it's not this isn't God giving us a meal to say he's thankful for us (laughs) this is a meal in which we come face to face with everything that's already been done Maranatha and everything that will be done in his return Maranatha and we come with thanksgiving in our hearts Carol and I have um started kind of new for us just we have communion every night now together 
We're praying and then we're celebrating communion every night together. I'm not sure it's going to continue for the rest of our lives, but it might. But one of the things that hits me hard in my heart is the idea that Jesus says, as often as you think of me. And so, it's just a distinct, distinct honor and privilege as a pastor to preside over our family, our, our church family Thanksgiving meal. So I'm going to, as Brian said, do the, the papal blessing stuff, the serious stuff that really matters. I, I have a very low view of who can institute this. I believe, let me just say it, it might be heresy, I believe each and every one of you should and could celebrate this in your home all the time. Amen. I have a very high view of what happens when you celebrate it. Okay? And so do not wait. I'm not the priest that stands between you and the Lord with regards to celebrating this meal. Do it as often as you think of him. Do it every day. You could do it at Thanksgiving, too. Do it at Thanksgiving. And so on that night in which Jesus was betrayed and he gathered his closest allies, his his buds, his 2 a.m. buddies, said to them, you know, one of you's betrayed me, and each and every one of them hung there in that moment knowing that they would show up because we all betray him. And on that night in which he was betrayed and he, he'd gathered them, he took, he took bread and he did give thanks for it. And then he said these astounding words to them. He said, this common little bread, this, you see it everywhere. He said, this I'm bringing a new reality or new revelation to you. This is my body given for you. They had no idea what he was talking about in the moment, but just a day or two or three later they did. This is my body that's given for you. Take and eat it and do so in remembrance of me and be thankful. Hold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look at it. His body given for you. After the supper was over, he took the cup and undoubtedly, there were many cups he raised that evening, but undoubtedly as he raised this cup, he gave thanks to his Father for it. And he said to them, he said, this cup is my blood of the new covenant given to you, all of you, each of you, for the forgiveness of sins. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Take it and drink it and be thankful for it and do so in remembrance of me. So, Father, we... I ask for an outpouring of thanksgiving. I actually am highly idealistic enough to go beyond what Brian said and to believe the fact that you will do a miraculous work of taking those of us who are just generally grateful or just out and out ungrateful and through this outward sign of an inward truth that you will pour yourself deeply into our hearts and fill us with thanksgiving. Let the spirit of thanksgiving be released on this place. Lord, we, we're going to come before you with an attitude that's way more fiesta than funeral. We're not coming before you with heavy-heartedness except to say we've not loved you with our whole hearts. That's honest. That's real. 
There's more work for you to do. And so come help us. Maranatha, come. But as we come, we're coming with thanksgiving and with with we're putting the praise team at the head of this meal, Lord, because we believe that anything that you want to accomplish in us, you will. And so we come to thank you for what you've done and thank you for what you're doing and to thank you for what you will do. We ask Jesus you take these common and ordinary gifts of some flat bread and some juice and cups. It's just or, everything here is just ordinary. And we pray in the mystery of heaven that you would transform this ordinary meal into an extraordinary and grace-filled meal that will fill us more than anything we consume today. We pray, Father, that you would do it for each of us as individuals, but that you would do it for us as as a family as well. That this would be a family meal where everybody pushes back from the table and says, I'm full. I'm satisfied. So we ask these things in Jesus' name. I need a few people to come and help me. And so, Carol, would you come and, and, and help me? And um, Byron and Linda, are you guys able to come and help? And uh, Rick and Meredith, you want to come and help? Are you guys able to do that? Excellent. And so I'm going to serve them. And then just a moment, when we turn around and we make ourselves available to you, all are welcome here. If you love the Lord, uh, if you're sorry for the areas of your life that you, you know, you've fallen short, and if you look into give thanks and live in peace with the people who are around you, we say come. You don't have to be, this could be your first moment in this church. It's okay with us if you come. I actually believe this meal, this sacrament is a converting sacrament. That it, it, it could bring you to the point, if you take it honestly, where you cannot be wrong-hearted before the Lord to take this in a right way. And so, um, you can come in that spirit as well.